All right, good morning. Yeah, because I'm the only person free to speak now. You know, you're alone. Max uh, can just do what I like. So, yeah, it's good to uh, stand before you again to just share God's word, and I hope you'll be blessed uh, this morning. All right, so I just want to start with a story. Uh, as some of you know, I, I teach, and oftentimes I get uh, parents come to me and ask me that, um, Mr. Adeyemo, uh my daughter wants to go to college or to uni. What would you advise that he or she does? And oftentimes, I'm in a dilemma because I'm like, you're coming to me to tell... I'm, I'm actually in a situation where I'm telling somebody what to do for the next four to six years of their lives. But I'm always careful of that. So I ask two questions. I say, the first thing is this. What is the person's passion? Because your passion should drive you to do whatever you want to do in life. So if you have a passion for something, then by all means, go in that line and pursue a career. And then I give a scenario. I say, sometimes you have a situation where, and you will choose what you like. You have 10 jobs for 100 people, and then you have 100 jobs for 10 people. And you go and decide which category you want to be in. Because oftentimes you have more people for a particular job, and sometimes you have more jobs for a, group, uh, a number of people. So oftentimes people go back and they say, ah, you know what you just said kind of makes sense because I don't see it that way. I just want to do something, but I don't realize that sometimes there are a lot of people for a limited job, and sometimes you have more people who haven't got the skills for a particular job, so they can't apply for that job. Why am I saying all this? It's because today I want to talk to you about something in that line. And, you know, if you look at uh, this, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago, the government had this um, advert, uh, which was, uh, there was a caption of a girl. And it was like, um, unless job could be in cyber. You know, because the government realizes that maybe we don't have enough people in that area. So why don't we try and push people into viable jobs? You know, but I mean, I'm not going to go into, you know, what they did and all they did. But that got me thinking that when we have people in this church that were to change their jobs, imagine joining. Your next job could be in professional boxing. Just, just imagine, you know, how much those triceps and biceps can work. It, it would just be amazing, isn't it? Because, you know, you... Oh, come on, let's bring the slide on. <laughs> I just want to say something. <laughs> because you can see uh, Johnny's... Uh, well, hopefully it's like an anticlimax now. But, but we shall see. There we go. Wait for a drum roll. Oh, it didn't work. <laughs> All right, I'll just, I'll just continue. So, now imagine for Jason, last week he was uh, doing kids' work. Your next job could just be a primary school teacher. You just, just never know. You just, just, just don't know yet. You just don't know. You know, or, or can you just imagine Duncan's next club to be supporting Chelsea? How about that? Never say never. You just never know. You know, and you know, I don't want to sound like, oh, gender stereotype. I've talked about the men. 
How about the woman? So what about Rachel becoming the next Baker presenter? That would be amazing, isn't it? You know, she just doesn't know it yet. Never say never. You just don't know it yet. You know, you just never know what could happen to you. You know, and which brings me to my next question. If you have the opportunity, what new skill or profession would you consider for new training? And today, I want to speak to you about what I've captured breaking news. It's harvest time. That is what I want to speak to you about this morning. And our text will be in Matthew chapter 9, uh, from verse 34 to 38. So Matthew 9, uh, if you've got your Bible, hopefully it, it, the screen will come up at a given time. I think Johnny broke the PowerPoint. So I'm going to blame Johnny for that, because there was something there that would have like, ah, oh, so you escaped. But I'll catch you later. <laughs> so Matthew 9, 34 to 38. Okay. So I'm just going to read from the New Living Translation. Um, but the Pharisees said they cast out demons because he empowered by the prince of demons. And Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Now, for the last few weeks, we've been, uh, well, I think months now, we've been looking at Matthew's gospel. And uh, I just want to bring a, a, a quick summary of what has happened in Matthew chapter 9, and then we'll just pray, and then I'll go to what I've got for you guys today. So, in Matthew 9, Jesus has done a series of miracles. So, he has healed a paralyzed man, he had with sinners, he spoke about fasting, he used a woman with the issue of blood uh, for 12 years. Uh, she's had this for 12 years. And Jesus raised the daughter of a ruler as well. And Jesus restored the sight of two blind men and also a demon-possessed man. So imagine I, up to this point, Jesus has done all these amazing miracles. Okay? And He's been traveling from towns and villages. So it's gone from an area to another area. And he said all this. So I'm just going to pray uh, before I move further. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people this morning. I ask that, Lord, you take, you will speak to my heart and mine. And as I speak your word out this morning, I pray that, Lord, your people will be blessed. And together your name will be glorified in Jesus' name. Mad. So this morning I want to talk to you about three things. You know, last week Duncan spoke about you know a good sermon having three things. So I had four initially. I said, okay, I'll try and squeeze into three. So let's try and make it a good one. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is what is the good news of the kingdom, and what God sees, and what must we do. So we'll be looking at those three key areas uh, in the next minute that we have. 
Now, what is the good news of the kingdom? Now, if we look at uh, verse 35, the Bible says that Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. Now, that kind of struck me that anytime Jesus went from one town to the other, there was something that was particular about. Anytime Jesus got to a place, all that Jesus was concerned about was the good news of the kingdom. And then which kind of, what exactly is the good news of the kingdom? Now there are two things there. What is the kingdom? And what is the good news of the kingdom? And I'm so happy because we are in a country that is called the United Kingdom. So everyone in this room should understand what the kingdom is. Because a kingdom must have a ruler. A kingdom must have a queen or a king. Now a kingdom may be defined as a sovereign rule of a queen or a king over a domain, impacting it with his or her own will, purpose and intent. Every kingdom must have a king or a queen. We have the United Kingdom. We have a queen. That's the reason why we have a queen. Uh, and if you go to some different countries as well, they have a king. Uh, Saudi Arabia has a king as well because it's called the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Okay? Switzerland has a king as well because that is who they are. And a bit of geography this morning. Now, you might not know that actually the queen is not just the queen of the United Kingdom. And the queen is actually the queen of 16 commonwealth realms. So if you go to Jamaica today, you will still hear them say the queen of Jamaica. If you go to Canada, you will see people say the queen of Canada. So the queen is not just the queen of the United Kingdom. The queen is actually the queen of 16 commonwealth realms. So which means that the queen has a domain of influence beyond the United Kingdom. Now, that strikes me because that means she's got some influence over more countries than most people in the UK realize. Now, if we bring that to our context this morning, that Jesus went about talking about the good news of the kingdom. Now, for Jesus to be going from place to place tells us that Jesus is trying to bring about a new dimension of rule over a particular area. Because anywhere Jesus went, the kingdom was not established there. So Jesus was deliberately going from place to place to try to establish the kingdom. Now, in the text we've read this morning, the kingdom can mean God's will executed, God's jurisdiction, God's influence, God's administration, God's impact, and God's rulership over a particular area. So Jesus took the good news of the kingdom to these towns and villages. Now, anytime you see kingdom mentioned most of the time, you always see a manifestation. Because a queen would not be a queen if she hasn't got authority. A queen would not be a queen if she hasn't got power. Do you know that actually the prime minister it, I mean, I was quite, it's quite interesting that it's a majesty's government. 
The Prime Minister is actually actually honor the Queen. The Prime Minister actually speaks to the Queen about what is happening in the Queen's government. The Queen is the only person that can actually start Parliament. Isn't that amazing? Because she's got power. And Jesus is going from towns and villages saying that, look, the King has come. This is a new King. And I'm trying to establish my kingdom in these towns and villages. And so when you see kingdom, you see power. You see authority. And so Jesus is calling us this morning that if you are sons and daughters of the kingdom, you will need to realize that we've got power. We've got authority. And that's the reason why if you look at that verse 35 uh, again, when he spoke about the goodness about the kingdom, the Bible said that, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. Because there's a manifestation of power. If you look at 1 Corinthians 4.20, uh, 1 Corinthians 4.20, now the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not about talking, but is in power. That the kingdom of God is not about talking, but in power. And that tells us that the kingdom of God is not just about like talking about things, it's the manifestation of God's power. And that was why Jesus, when he went to towns and villages, he made sure that everyone that needed to have an encounter with the kingdom is able to have that encounter. On Tuesday, when we had our cell group, it, 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 I mean, we, we, we spoke about Mark 12, and there was something that just struck me when we were talking, and there's a place we read, it says that the stone that the builders are rejected as worthless has become the chief cornerstone. Now, the same stone that somebody saw as worthless, I see the same stone, and that stone has become, in my life, the chief cornerstone. The same Jesus that somebody has rejected, I met the same Jesus, and it turned my life around. And so, I want to show people that, look, the stone that you've rejected actually is worth more than what you think. And so Jesus, going from town to villages, is trying to show people that there's a new domain. That you need to bring your life under the domain of the kingdom of God. And that was why he went about doing good and healing all kinds of diseases. Because he recognizes that people need to come under the domain of the king. The religion of the Lord Jesus is not in words, in eloquence, in excellence of speech. No. It's in the demonstration of power. If you check through the gospel, Jesus performed lots and lots of miracles because he brought the kingdom of God to them. And so today we need to understand that the goodness of the kingdom is that Jesus said, is that Jesus can heal. Is that Jesus can turn things around. That is the good news of the kingdom. I ask myself, what is good news to the poor? If I say to somebody, what is good news? Good news is something that is good. So, what is good news to the sick? That Jesus can heal you. What is good news to the poor? That Jesus can turn things around for you. Jesus can give you a new hope and the future. What is good news to the downcast? That Jesus can turn things around for you. 
you know, I, I, I love, uh, I think it's in Acts Gospel, he said, how Jesus filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. I think in Acts 10, 38, I think. He said, we went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Jesus was doing good everywhere he went because he recognized that people had problems and the only way he could bring the kingdom to them is to turn things around for them. And that leads us to the next thing, that what God sees. Now in verse 36, you know, the Bible said that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You know, they were confused and helpless. Now, this confusion they were could not be solved by confused.com because it was not that kind of confusion. Okay? Jesus knew that the people need to hear about the kingdom. People are living their lives outside the domain and the influence of the king. Jesus wants people to experience the benefit of the kingdom as shown in Romans 14, 17. So in the book of Romans chapter 14, verse 17, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So Jesus sees people in the need of the kingdom message, and he described them in three ways. They were confused, they were helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. That these people lacked a sense of purpose and direction. And there are many people who are in a state of confusion today, not knowing what to do. There are some that are helpless, abandoned, and some just lack direction about life. In fact, there are people today that are living their lives like a flag on a pole, and every wind blows them out to skelter because they lack a sense of purpose and direction. You know, Jesus saw lost people as distressed, confused. Now, it points to the fact that Jesus saw that people had problems. And he was there to help them. And so when he saw them, he just like, these guys are just confused, they are helpless, they're like a sheep without a shepherd. Do you ever look carefully at people when you're in public? Do you ever see people as confused? Do you ever see people as helpless? I'm sure your answer will be no. Because I, I, when I'm going outside, I don't see people like looking. I, sometimes you see one or two people. But oftentimes, people just go about their things. They don't look clueless. They don't look helpless. But when Jesus sees people, he doesn't see from the outside. You know, the Bible says uh, when, when um, I think it was Samuel, went to uh, Jesse's house. And... Um, I think it was Samuel, yeah. And then he saw all the sons of Jesse. And then the first one, he said, oh, surely the one the Lord has anointed. And God rebuked him. He said, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So oftentimes we see people and they look so okay. They look normal. They look fine. But oftentimes beneath that, beneath the foundation, okay, 
you see a lot of issues going on. And so when God says, when God says that these guys, they look good, but they look clueless. They look confused. They look helpless. And my question this morning is that, are you also in that state this morning? For those watching online, are you confused? Are you helpless? Is your life, are you living your life like a sheep without a shepherd this morning? You know, uh, since March, you know, the COVID has done things, you know, things have not been what they should be. You know, people have lost their jobs. So many things have happened. And I know people might be in a state of confusion. You know, in fact, the test system even changes as well. In Wales, it's now five, isn't it? You know, in, the, in England, it's three. And then you're like, what is three? What is five? There's a lot of confusion out there as well. You know, and people are confused. People are helpless. But God wants them to come under the domain of the kingdom. Because when Jesus saw these people, all he saw was helpless people. But he said, I've got a solution. I am bringing the good news of the kingdom. That only if these guys will come into the kingdom, that confusion will stop. The helplessness will stop. You know, I am the shepherd. You know, in John's gospel, John 10, the Bible says, I am the shepherd. The I am what they need. It doesn't no man comes to the Father except through me. I am what they need, but only if they can see and come under the domain of the kingdom. Do you know that when you are under the domain of the United Kingdom, wherever you go, you have that sense of identity. If you are in a country where there's war, and you call the embassy, hey, I'm in trouble, and they ask you, who are you? So I am a citizen of the kingdom. And then they will do everything in their power to make sure that you're safe. So when you come under the domain of the king, the king will do everything in his power to make sure that no harm comes to you. Because you are one of his. He said the father will do everything to make sure that a soul is not lost. They will do everything. Because they know that that person is under the kingdom. And so when we come under, when we come to the kingdom, when we are, when we are in the kingdom, the king knows. And he will do everything to make sure that you are safe. So come to the kingdom if you are clueless today. Come to the kingdom if you are helpless. Come if you are like a sheep without a shepherd. Because he is the great shepherd. He gave his life for his sheep. And he's willing to give everything. Jesus talked about the hundred sheep and one was lost. And the Bible says that the, the, the shepherd left the ninety-nine and went for that one. That is what Jesus is. He will look for you. Jesus is particular about people. So don't ever think that you're just a number. No, you're not a number, my friend. You have what a precious jewel in the hand of the living God. Your life is worthy. You're not worthless. You're not a mistake. No. 
There's so much that God has given to you. There's so much about you. We need to celebrate you this morning. Because you're not just a number. No, you're not, my friend. You are a child of the king. And the king is proud of you because you are in the kingdom. So if you're not in the kingdom today, can I urge you to consider that? Okay, so what must we do? What must we do? Now, it said to his disciples in verse 37, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Now, this is quite interesting. That Jesus saw the people and he said, These guys are clueless. They're confused. They are like sheep without a shepherd. And then, he then turned to his disciples now. Because the first thing was, Jesus saw the crowd. So if you look at verse 36, Jesus saw the crowd, and he had compassion on them. And then Jesus now turned to his disciples, and said to his disciples, so from what Jesus saw, and to what he's now saying to his people. He's saying to his disciples, that, look guys, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. There are two things I want to bring out very quickly. There are two people there. You have the disciples, and then you have the crowd. Now, if you are in this room, you should not be in the crowd. You should be as disciples. Because disciples have met the king. And disciples are in the kingdom. So the disciples know what the king is. And they know that their lives have been transformed by the king. Peter said, Master, we have left all. We have followed you. And Jesus said, no man who has left father and mother for my sake will inherit great things. Because Jesus knew that these guys have forsaken all for his sake. So if you're in this room this morning, you should be. Among the disciples. And I would hope to God that you are. But if you're not, can you consider this morning to come and be a disciple? Come from the crowd to be the disciple. Because that is what Jesus is looking for this morning. He wants to bring people from the crowd to become his disciple. But for us to do that as disciples, there's something we have to do. Compassion. Okay? The first thing that Jesus, so when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. He was moved with compassion. We must be moved with compassion for the confused, for the helpless, and for those that are like sheep without a shepherd. We want our church to be like that. We want this church to be a place, a heaven. You know, for the distress, a place where people come, their life changes forever. Do you lack compassion? When you see people, do you have that compassion in your heart? You know, Duncan spoke about uh, um, uh, Nigeria earlier. And the fact that when you see people die, do you have compassion? Do you go on your knees and say, God, save these people. Lord, help. When you look at the numbers of COVID rising, people dying. Do you just say, well, that's another news? 
Do you just, just brush it aside? I mean, I'm guilty. It's got to a point where, to be honest with you, I don't really listen to the news again. Because, you know, oftentimes you just listen to the news today and the first 20, 30 minutes, there's nothing good being said. You know, and you just say, oh, it's just the same news over and over again. But the Lord began to challenge me that what are you doing about it? That when you hear this news, do you go on your knees and say, Father, help. Lord, for those who are in the hospitals, for those who are sick, for those who have got COVID, would you just, Lord, help them? Would you just send help, Lord Jesus? You know, don't just talk about the food bank this morning. It tells me that people suffering. It tells me that people who have not got enough every day. What would you do about it this morning? Would you just say, oh, we know about food banks. It's always, it's always been there. Or would you say, okay, I'm going to give some money this morning. I'm going to find out from Duncan. I'm going to do something about it. That's the response that disciples must have. Because we are not in the crowd. We, are disciples. we see these people and we have compassion. And we want to do something. Compassion is very important. And guess what, guys? Do you know for churches to have more numbers, we need to have compassion. If you look at the great revivals of the past, those revivals were produced in the place of compassion. People saw people and they had compassion on them. And they said, God, look at these people. Can you please send your power upon their lives and change things forever? Because when we have compassion, guess what happens after that? It drives us to our knees to pray to God. Because there's no way you have compassion for souls. There's no way you have compassion to see people that you will not be moved to pray for them. When you, I know, you know oftentimes we've, we've, we've had Zoom meetings and we've prayed for people and we, we, we do that all the time. But would it not be wonderful when you see that friend of yours, that, that, that person in your family who is not a Christian, and you just move with compassion and every day you're saying, God, save this man. God, please, would you just give me a word to break through into the difficulty in this person's life, oh God. Would you just help me, Lord, to be a person that will be able to bring this person to God? Why do we need to pray? Because, let's face it, we are not winning enough unbelievers to God. Our churches are not full. And that's why when Jesus saw the crowd, we don't see what Jesus sees. Because, that's, because if we see what Jesus sees, you will have compassion on people. You will go on the news and say, God, you have said the harvest is ripe. But the laborers are few. But that is not a reality today. It's not a reality. Because if Jesus, if Jesus says that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. How come we are not seeing the harvest? What's going on? Does that mean that this text is not relevant for today? Some will argue that it's not relevant, but I dare to differ. I think it's relevant for today. That when God sees people, all he sees is like lots of people that are ready. But when we see people, we see them that they are not ready. We think that, oh, 
I don't want to talk to that person. You know, you know. I, I said a, a great salmon has got to have John Piper in it. So I'm going to go from John Piper now. You know, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, he said something very profound, which I, I love so much. And actually, you know, sometimes when, 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 you, when you follow somebody, you, by somehow you just get to, you're not <laughs> don't get like John Piper. And by heart of omission or commission, I've actually become, <laughs> I love him so much now that I listen to him <clears throat> every now and then. And he said something very interesting. He said, because we are not winning unbelievers to God, People are not being saved and brought into the family of the redeemed. We often don't see people flocking like narrated in this passage because of the deception of Satan, the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches. Unbelievers, you, may, you know, may not seem to fit this description, but if you see them with the eyes of Christ, and are not misled by the shell of self-assurance, you will recognize sheep would desperately need a shepherd. We practically deny the truth of Jesus' words. Oh, she will be offended if I talk to her. How do you know that? Oh, he wouldn't want to listen to me. You know, in the era of political correctness as well, how do you open your mouth in your place of work and talk to people about God? Oh, am I being in trouble? Yeah, these are realities today. I must confess, they are realities today. But how do you parallel to this reality with God's reality? How do you see people that God sees as helpless in need of the kingdom. And you see them and say, well, they are fine, they are okay, I've got no problem with that. And that is the challenge this morning. It's harvest time. We must pray for the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Okay? We must have a sense of urgency. Okay? We must have that sense of urgency. We need to cry out to God. Okay, before God enables his people to bring in a harvest, he pours out a spirit of prayer upon them. Uh, in Zechariah 12 verse 10, uh, the Bible talks about the spirit of prayer and grace or supplication. So anytime revival comes, God moves people with compassion and God creates that sense of prayer in their heart. We must pray for the manifestation of the kingdom of God. In Matthew 6.10, the lost prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And after that, what did he say? That kingdom come. That will be done. So anytime we, Jesus pray, he knows that the kingdom has, come to, has got to come for people's life to be changed. There must be the manifestation of healing. There must be the manifestation of of salvation, of changed lives. We must pray for more workers because of the declaration of the Lord of the harvest. So, how do we respond this morning? The Lord of the harvest 
knows that it is a good harvest. Because the Lord of the harvest has a product. And that product is the good news of the kingdom. Is the good news of the kingdom. Next slide, please. Yay, look at that. It's time to pray for the harvest. Okay. A lot of graves to harvest, but there are a lot of more people there to, to, to make that work. You know, it's time to pray for the harvest because the harvest is ripe. You know, every single <laughs> of those there could represent somebody that needs to hear about the gospel. Okay, people must be convicted and make a choice to become Christians. The harvest of healing and miracles also available as well. We have the Lord of the harvest saying it's harvest time. I need you to see the urgency of this and begin to pray for my kingdom to come and for more workers to come into the harvest. The Lord of the harvest needs human vessels that are produced in a place of prayer to get the harvest. And then there's a place in, uh, in uh, one of the letters of Paul. Uh, Paul said, my, my little children, in whom I travel, the Christ be formed in you. Because Paul understands that there's a place of traveling in the place of prayer for things to happen. I think in Isaiah 66, the Bible talks about that as soon as Zion travails, she brought forth a male child. We cannot afford to turn a blind eye. There are people in need of a savior. They want that church is filled because Jesus says the harvest is ripe. It's plentiful. But the laborers a few. So we have a responsibility to pray to God, and we'll pray this morning that God send men. Send men, oh God. And Lord, use me to bring in the harvest as well. Lord, use my life as an, as an example. Okay? As an example. How, would it not be amazing if you're, let's say, in your places of work or in your in your area where you live and there's somebody who is actually not feeling too well and you just pray for that person and God brings the kingdom into that room and that life experiences healing and his life is never the same. Wouldn't that be amazing? If you're here this morning and you're sick or you're listening and you're sick, wouldn't that be amazing if God can speak to your heart this morning and touch your life and things change? Because that is the good news of the kingdom. And I bring you this good news today. That God is in the business of changing lives. God wants to bring his domain to our lives. Are there areas of your lives this morning where you feel the king has not dominated? The king is not, is not uh, the, the influence of the king is not there. Would you want to just call on God this morning and say, God, bring your kingdom. Because when you, because when you understand that you are a member of the kingdom, you go with a sense of pride and joy. 
You don't go anywhere being stupid to start with, but wherever you find yourself, you know that if something happens to me, I can call and they will hear my cry. We have a king. We have a kingdom. Okay? The kingdom of God. The good news of the kingdom. And that is my contemplation this morning to you. That would you consider spending time in the place of prayer? If you have loved ones that are not saved, would you call on God and say, God, would you save this person? Would you do it continuously? The Bible talks about watchmen. It's a watchman that will not give God rest you know, until it brings a salvation. You know, if you go to the book of Isaiah, it talks about watchmen that God has placed to just cry day and night. You say, God, save. God, save. God, bring restoration. If you look at the, if you look at the act, it talks about the, the apostle praying earnestly for God to bring change. So, what would be your response this morning? Can we just bow our heads to just have some time to just pray, please? I want you to just listen to, I want you to just um, reflect on what I've said this morning. And I want you to just say, want to just stand, it's up to you. You want to just lift your hands, just say, God, bring your kingdom to where I am, oh God, this morning. Now help me to be an ambassador of the kingdom. Help me, Jesus, to show people what kingdom life is all about. So that anyone that comes around my life will experience the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, is peace, is joy, is power and influence. Now, Lord, help me this morning. Lord, we pray, we open our heart to you, O oh God, this morning. We said, Lord Jesus, create in us a compassion for souls, O oh God. Lord, drive us to our knees to pray like never before. That when we hear news, oh God, we'll not be moved just by the news, oh God, but it will drive us with compassion. Lord, it will drive us to our knees to pray and say, God, change, change things. Bring your kingdom. Lord, even to COVID, Lord, would you bring your kingdom? Lord, let your kingdom reign, rule, Lord, in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this confusion. Your kingdom come, you said, in Matthew 6. That kingdom come, oh God. So, Lord, this morning we say your kingdom come. Your kingdom come upon the nation. Your kingdom come upon the nations of the earth, oh God. Your kingdom come. Revelation 11 said the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. And he will reign. Lord, reign. Reign in countries, oh God. Country ravaged by war. Reign, Lord. Reign in the midst of confusion, Lord. Reign in the midst of lack of direction. Reign, O oh God. Lord, help us, Lord, to be ambassadors of the kingdom. And if you're here this morning and you've got a pain, I would, uh, don't going to pray for part, but we'll, I'll just pray for that again. But the good news of the kingdom is that God has the ability to change situations. So, if you are here this morning and you have any, any ailment or sickness in your body, if you will permit me, you can just lay your hands wherever that is and I will just pray for you. I am not, I'm just a messenger. 
I am, I, am, I am in the kingdom. And I know the king has his ability. All I can do is just to ask the king and say to him, Jesus, would you do what you have said you do all the time? So Lord, this morning I pray for those watching online. I pray for my friends here who has any illness in their body. It could be emotional as well. Lord, would you bring restoration to their bodies today, oh God. I pray for healings in their body, Lord Jesus. I command that pain to go in the name of Jesus. Your word says that the mention of the name, every knee must bow and every tongue confess it that Jesus is Lord. So in the name of the resurrected Christ, in the name of Yeshua, I cry in the name of Jesus, be healed this morning, be healed today. Let that pain go and let it not come back. Let everything that you've experienced up to now, that you've suffered from, let it go away and let it not return. Because the king, a messenger of the king has spoken this morning. And I thank you, O oh God, because where the kingdom is, there is power. So Lord, give power to your people this morning. And Lord, you said the harvest is ripe. And we pray this morning, O oh God. That you help us, Lord, to pray. And we pray this morning, Lord God. Send workers. Send laborers. Send people, oh God. Men and women, oh God. They are part of the crowd. But you will call them to become disciples this morning. Lord, we thank you. Blessed be your holy name.